Hey everybody. This is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Gotham and House of Hope. Today's topic is signs and amp wonders. Our speaker today is Enoch Omosulu. Okay, before we start, can we have a little word of prayer? Okay. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to greatly thank you for this opportunity to have me before the church to bestow the things that I know. I want to give you the thanks. I want to give you the glory. And I ask that you put yourself in me so that I can give your word through myself. In Jesus' name I pray. So today I'll be preaching about signs and wonders. Okay. And we'll start with Isaiah 8, 18. And it says... Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are the signs and wonders in Israel for the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Okay. Isaiah makes a bold declaration stating that he and the children are the signs of wonders. They're going to wait on the Lord because they have that much faith in the Lord. Now, they don't, they don't see these things yet, but they just believe that much that is going to happen. But who was Isaiah? Of course, we know Isaiah, but do unbelievers know Isaiah? The answer is generally no. Isaiah was one of the most prophetic, he was one of the most prominent prophetic figures regarding the gospel of Christ. He's essentially a miniature Bible in himself. When he speaks about Christ, he sounds essentially like the New Testament. Because when he speaks about Christ and when he's prophesying all of these things, it sounds as if he already knows that they've happened. It sounds as if he's just recording them. These events, they've already occurred. His prophecies, they're just clear, they're explicit. They describe all the aspects, all the persons, all the works of Christ in his first and second advents. I want to ask a question to the church. In just the Old Testament, how many prophecies do you think are recorded? I heard someone say not a lot. A lot? A lot, a lot, okay. Anyone, anyone yell out a number? 35, 35, 35, okay. The Old Testament has over 300 prophecies about the first advents, about the first advents of Christ. And Isaiah himself contributes a number of them. Okay. On to the signs of God. In Isaiah 7, 10 to 14, it says, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God, Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Before we talk about Emmanuel, let's talk about Ahaz. Ahaz was one of the kings, he's one of the many pagan kings surrounding Israel at the time. There was war going on, there was turmoil in Judah, many things just weren't good. Isaiah himself tried to tell him to turn over to God, but the king didn't listen. There was many pagan kings, they wouldn't listen. But this prophecy that he told him, the virgin, we all know who the virgin would be, right? I hope so. That version would be Mary. And then he would call himself Emmanuel. That is, of course, Christ. This is the prophecy of Christ. It's a clear sign that man is a sinner. Man needs a savior. The eventual death of Christ is what gave us our clean slates. And we know that to be coming forward, of course. Okay. So I'm going to ask the church. When you see a sign, do you wonder... 
and when I say a sign, I mean not just like a you know a stoplight, right, or, or an alert from your phone, because those are are those are our signs, right? But we need a sign from God, right? So we say to be able to ca- to be able to be categorized as a sign and wonder, an event or occurrence must have divine origins, and these divine origins are of course of God. That is to say. Things like prophesying, healing, those are the things that God can do, but we also can do. The things like disasters, the things like plagues, those are the signs from God that, you know, the people, the people, the humans, the whoever, they aren't listening to God. And God is trying his best to essentially show his power. And those who don't listen, they just don't listen. It can be argued that these signs serve to make us wonder about the limitless capabilities of our God. And that is just true. Okay. If we move on to a very specific occurrence, this is Peter's sermon. In Acts 2, 1 to 4, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven and a rushing mighty wind. And it, was filled, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each other. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with the other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we know that on the day of the Pentecost, there were different cultures, different men, different traditions, all in one place for whatever reason. They all came, and the Holy Spirit came in. The Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit had already been predicted within the Bible on several, several occasions. And upon its arrival, it immediately showcased a divine act, going back to the divine origins. With a sound from heaven and a rush of wind, the entire crowd was able to hear their respective languages from the apostles. That is to say, suddenly, I'm able to understand fluent Yoruba, right? Amen. Amen. One day, one day, one day. So what is the explanation of this event? The only explanation is that it must be divine. And I'm a person of, I love science. I love the subject of science. I love understanding things. I love understanding how they work, why they work. Why is this able to do this? But God is a completely separate case. These things, there is no explanation. The only explanation is faith. We must believe that these things are able to happen. It's important to remember that while these signs and wonders are from God, they can also be propagated through God's chosen people. Anyone in this church, anyone sitting down, even the kids downstairs, one day they'll be able to preach the word as I'm being able to. (laughs) Peter's sermon was another occurrence was he was able to prophesy the future. Through God, the men understood his words, and through God, it all came to pass. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. To be wary of false signs. Uh, Can we have a chair up here? I'm sorry. Give me one second, church. Can I get one person from every row? Just to come up. And I know names, too, so don't take your time. If I know you, I'll call on you. Thank you. What do I see? What do I see? Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, two is fine, two is fine, two is fine. Okay. Uh, so we're going to have... Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. So I need two people to take a seat. Okay. So we're going to put Revelations 13 on the board. Revelations 13, 13, please. Okay. So you... Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. You, you're preaching, right? You're going, to, you're going to be preaching. This is an unbeliever. This is a believer. Okay. Could you read Revelation 13, 13? He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth. You as the unbeliever. You have no idea what this verse means, yes? So, what would you think when you, when, you, when you hear that? What do you think? He performs great signs, great signs, so that he even makes fire come down from the heaven. What, what do you think that could mean? You're an unbeliever. You think it's just, oh man, it's just a great thing. Uh, well, I think it means nothing, because I don't even understand what it means. Let me reword this. Let me reword this. If, they're tr- if he's trying to preach to you and he's trying to essentially tell you something about the word of God, but he gives you this verse, this makes you think that it's good, right? But you have no context with this, this verse. What do you think of it? That's exactly what I said. I, d- I don't know what it means. I have no understanding of it. <laughs> that's fair enough. Okay, that's fair enough. I'm sorry. As, as a believer, right? If he read to you this verse... And okay. read it again. Yeah, and this is you have context. You're a believer. You know the Bible. Oh. It performs great signs, so that even so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Okay. To you, what does that mean? To me, that means God is capable of things like more powerful than our imagination. That He can like truly do great things beyond our understanding. There's nothing outside of his limits, outside of his control. Okay, okay, okay. And that is exactly the answer that I wanted to hear. That's exactly the answer I wanted to hear. Can we get Revelations 13, 14, the next verse? And please read this. Yes, sir. So as the unbeliever now, we're going to get the unbeliever's perspective and the believer's perspective. 14. And it deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by this word and lived. Unbeliever, what do you think of this? Um. <laughs> okay, I mean, you can just, just give, like, your answer. Just give your answer. Well... I'm trying not to give the believers. I know, I know the bias. I understand. I understand. <laughs> so I'm still going to go with um, if he says that to me. Um, just, just by the words, just the diction in it. What do you think of it? Yes, um, signs. Um, yeah, it still just sounds like these are like yes, not, not too bad, right? Yeah, but as the believer, as the believer, what do you think of this? As the believer, I'm I'm scared. You're I'm, scared, I'm, yes. I'm shaking. Because all of a sudden, now you see the word deceives. God does not deceive. All the words of God are true. Everyone, please return to your seat. Thank you. 
Within Revelation, Satan bestows nine infinite power upon two beasts. Revelation 13 talks about it. One of the sea and one of the land. These beasts were granted authority to blaspheme God, to initiate cults, to execute Christians. These are not, and I must, I, need, I don't even know how to emphasize. These are absolutely not the signs of God. These are not works of God. As believers, we must acknowledge the devil's slyness and his cutting tongue. I'll be honest with you. As much of a Christian as I am, I have to admit that the devil, of course, knows the Bible more than me. That's just the plain thing. He's been, of course, with God until he fell. This is just an unfortunate truth. But as believers, this is why we must acknowledge it. We need to be able to differentiate his words from the word of the God. So God's signs and wonders, they come in many ways, many, many ways. And I implore everyone in here, open your hearts to God, you know, pray for a sign. And once you receive that sign, begin to wonder about it. But don't just wonder. Don't just think to yourself, "Okay, I see this. No, no, no. When you see it, you need to pray on it. When you see it, you need to ponder it. You need to think on it because this is a sign from God. If you ignore it, you're ignoring not just a million dollars. You're ignoring infinite money, right? Because God's his words are worth more than anything we can give ourselves. Um, that's it. Thank you, church. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray unto you, and I ask that you will allow all of us to take in the knowledge that we've all shared now, and I ask that you allow us to turn it in our minds to make it something that we can use to go out to all the unbelievers in the world and to preach as much as we can, Lord. We pray that you allow us to turn them over, Lord. We pray that you allow us to give them these good signs that they may wonder, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.